What's going on? It's Quinn David Furness, and welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast. It's in the name. You know it. You'll love it. This is my voice. What's going on? How are you? My name is Quinn. Thanks uh, for tuning in today. It is a nice, crisp fall weekend. I hope you're having pleasant weather wherever you're at. Uh, this is like a, the a, imagine what the you know stereotypical or prototypical uh, October fall weekend is temperature wise slash activities wise, which we'll talk about in a second. And that's what you're getting here. Yesterday, cloudy at first, very chilly in the morning. As it will be in October, I was reminded, I was, I was talking to my buddy uh, Ian out in Baltimore. He's Scottish, but he lives in Baltimore. And I was talking to him about this, and he was telling me, you know, bringing his little kid to school. He's, you know, seven or eight, something like that, goes to Catholic school. And uh, how cold it is, this is even out in Baltimore, how cold it is in the morning, so you got to wear your winter coat. And the reason I tell this is just nostalgia. Um... And, uh, you know, you, you got to wear your winter coat in the morning because it's freezing. I mean, I went out for my run yesterday. I left the house about 5.15, and it was, you know, feels like 38, 39, something like that. And by the time you get to midday and the sun's toasts and everything up, you know, you'll get temperatures into the 60s, and your winter coat is uh, going to make you real sweaty. So it's always that balancing act. You want to go out. Here's a here's a fun fall tip. I know we did a lot of these last week. When you leave the house, you want to go out feeling just a little bit cold because by the time you get moving, unless you're going to go like sit and watch a sporting event or something, if you're going to just be relatively inactive, hanging out, sitting down, then I can understand wanting to bundle up and I agree with that you don't want to sit there and be cold like if you're doing some outdoor dining there that's a big thing this year and something that's new as a country for most of us at least you don't live in Florida or Southern California that we're now going to start having to uh, reckon with is outdoor dining per COVID restrictions in a place, you know, you go down to certain places where it never gets colder than mid-40s, it'll be manageable. You'll bundle up, but you can still pull it off. But you go to places where there's a lot of population, like Chicago, New York, Boston, D.C. even gets very cold in the winters. Uh, this is going to be an interesting new chapter. And unfortunately... Not to get political, I don't think this should be political, I don't think it is, but I don't think we're going to have a vaccine in the next month or two. And even when we do get a vaccine, it's going to take a long time for it to be widely distributed. If there's one thing I know about healthcare in this country, I don't know a lot about healthcare, but if there's one thing I know about healthcare in this country, it's that it's not typically uh, equally accessible. Uh, our healthcare system is not terribly just by most standards. So we have that to look forward to as a nation, which is exciting. Um, 
but yeah, I, I mean, yesterday went for the run. Nice, crisp morning. Didn't see a lot of people out there, although it's worth noting that, you know, up until we get to daylight savings time ending, which I think is another, what, probably four weeks away, something along those lines. Um, you know, if I leave the house at 515 in the morning, I, I, at this point, sunrise is about 645. So I'm running a, you know, solid Almost, not not all of my run, but almost all of my run before, uh, you know, the sun even comes up. It was really, it was really neat yesterday, though. I, I was running, my whole run was on the lakefront path. And, you know, running 14, 15 miles, something like that. And even though it's dark, on one side, on the west side of the sky, you got, you know, um, the the moon, it was a very nice, like, spooky, spooky season, S-Z-N, uh, kind of October moon. Oh, man, they got <laughs> – I just just uh, getting around and turning these football games on. They got the, the Greg Jennings uh, broadcast going on the Vikings game. That happened once earlier this season. They put him with Chris Myers. Greg Jennings is awful. Uh, he seems like a decent guy. And he lives in Minnesota, and hopefully he's a, a nice guy. I don't know. But his broadcasting, maybe it'll get better. Hopefully, you know, he's getting tips because it's, it's, it's not an easy job. Like, I'm not, not, not the type of person who's like, oh, he's awful. I could do better. But there are, you know, a limited number of broadcast spots out there. You'd think they would get the best of the best to do them. And Greg Jennings just... Well, I don't know if this is first year. I feel like it is, but it's been bad. Um, he's just analysis is okay, but just misspeaks all the time. Um, where was I? Oh, you had the moon on one side of the sky, which was neat, and then eventually, as the sun got close, as we got closer to sunrise, so starting around like six a.m., you know, you get the east side of the sky over Lake Michigan starting to brighten up a little bit, and then you couldn't actually see the sunrise because it was cloudy yesterday um until midday sun started poking out but um i don't know kind of nice you get a little yin and the yang like a black and white cookie you got the moon on one side you got the sun on the other side it was kind of peaceful kind of relaxing not not too many folks out um you know i think it's going to be interesting with with gyms i what, what do gyms have full functional capacity in chicago i'm not sure um, but you know, I would assume you're going to see more outside. Oh, they just showed Brady on TV. He's pissed. Oh, it's cause his wide receiver dropped a wide open pass. Um, yikes. Is that Ronald Jones? Uh, you're going to see more outside workouts. I would think, I would imagine, you know, even if gyms are relatively open, you would think you wouldn't, you know, you have fewer people willing to take that risk. Myself included, although I don't even think, knowing how my gym, it's not an official gym, it's just like a workout room almost owned by the university, but it's not like the main one, so it doesn't get the resources or the cleaning or the maintenance too much, so I would be surprised. Um, I don't even know if I could like go work out down there if I wanted to, Um, but it's all the way down in the loop next to my office, which is very convenient when um, I'm working in my office, but not when I'm not. 
you know, I've had people ask me like, oh, well, you, you have access to your gym um, or you have a gym that you don't have to pay for. Whether or not I do have access, I don't know. But one way or another, uh, I don't feel terribly inclined to take the train for an hour, well, not an hour, but an hour commute to go, you know, access some basic workout machines, etc. And I think most people would agree with me. That being said, Chicago runs um, get a little icy, a little chilly. You get that wind, especially out on the lake. You get that wind blowing in your face and produce a lot of snot and your fingers get pretty cold. Yeah, those are tough ones. You just got to get out. You just got to make yourself do it. Anyways, after the run yesterday, which was pretty lovely, went out to a nice little apple orchard, county line orchard in Hebron, Indiana, which was pretty exotic because it's Indiana, pretty neat. But by and large, the busiest, most crowded apple orchard slash pumpkin patch slash sunflower patch I have ever seen in my life. I mean, this was insane. Thousands upon thousands of people walking around, some of them with masks, many without. Um, we hunted for apples in the trees. Finally, after, you know, walking for about a mile, into the the furthest of furthest trees in the grove or the orchard I guess grove orchard I'm not sure we'll we'll talk about groves in a second um finally found a couple but yeah you had to reach up for them it's a good thing I was there uh cuz Rachel and her family are not the tallest of people um wait what was I going to say here oh so got a couple apples and, uh, you know, got some donuts, some popcorn, uh, all sorts of accoutrements and goodies. But afterwards, you know, we're out in Indiana and friends of the podcast who are connected to me on Facebook will know and have who, even if you're not, uh, or if you, if you are connected to us on Facebook, you'll know where this is going is what I was trying to say, um, But very exciting because, you know, we did our our donut power rankings, what, about a month ago, month and a half, something like that. And you heard us say that Papa's was one of our favorite donut spots in the country. Papa's mini donuts and cheese curds. Super exciting. Um, You know, it's a good spot. The donuts are mini. So... It's out there in Lowell, Indiana, which is about half an hour from, um, you know, Hebron, which is about by like Crown Point where we were for the apple orchard, Um, which, by the way, COVID, I don't think exists in Indiana, or at least the people of Indiana don't believe it exists because masks were not really required. Um, But, you know, I follow Papa's on Facebook and they post every day. They've got a big social media presence, at least on Facebook. 
Every day without fail, Papa is posting, I don't think it's Papa himself. Um, <laughs> Papa, Papa, if you don't know, is looks like he's about 70 years old. Kind of looks like a pirate. I think we've said this on the, the show before. Go, if you're, you know, you got the time to do it right now, quick, quickly Google a picture of Guy Penrod. If you don't know who that is, famous uh, Southern gospel singer. He was with Gaither for a while. Um, you Google Guy Penrod and just imagine like a handlebar mustache on that guy and looks like the drug, like that image with the drugs catching up to him a little bit and being a chain smoker. We probably, we waited in line for about 10 minutes to get our, our we got a bucket of cheese curds yesterday because uh, Rachel's sisters were with us and I think I saw Papa, you know, take down about four cigarettes in that time span. I know they're cheaper in Indiana. Good for Papa for, you know, knowing where to knowing where to operate his business. But um that's that's what Papa looks like. Kind of rough, kind of scraggly. But anyways, going back to the story, I don't think Papa's running his social media um, you know, accounts because they're usually posting, unless Papa's insomniac, they're usually posting at about three, no, maybe like four, four thirty AM. I think they're, um, you know, I think I thought that Papa's were, you know, Lowell is uh Eastern time zone. Although pretty much the whole time, as far as I could tell yesterday, we were operating central time zone. It gets a little tricky there in Northwest Indiana to know where, is central where is eastern not that it really matters but i wanted to go to papa's because we were so close make that little pilgrimage a papa's pilgrimage a love alliteration on this show um ooh, big touchdown for ooh. D- deshaun watson is out there playing his little electric guitar touchdown celebration wow nice coverage woof um but Papa's is normally out there in front of his house, out in Lowell in the driveway. Papa's was not there yesterday, according to social media posts. So we got to say, okay, where we got to track down Papa's. Find out Papa is at the Plum Grove Festival in, uh, was that in Hebron? I'm getting my towns mixed up now. I don't know. Doesn't matter. We go down to the Plum Grove Festival. No idea what to expect. Don't even really know what Plum Grove is because it's not the name of the town. Plum Grove Music is a music store in northwest Indiana. Like, you know, you go there to buy sheet music or some instruments. And there is this kind of like carnival, not really carnival because it's not rides, but like little community festival with tables and tents all around the store. Pretty fun. There was, uh, you know, throw the dart at the donut and get a free donut if you get it, if, you know, you hit the donut with your dart, which I loved because they just had a big old thing of donuts, big box. You just reach right in, no tongs, no gloves, no COVID, no problem. Just reach and grab your donut. It's perfect. Uh, they had what was advertised, I was really excited when we first pulled in because they gave us a map with a, you know, locations of everything on it. And one of the things was the world's largest piano. I'm like, whoa, out here in Indiana, that's exciting. Uh, it was just like a cardboard cutout. It was not particularly exciting, nor do I believe it to be the world's largest piano. 
but they had that. They had a uh, human foosball, which sounds like something that Stefan would advertise at one of his nightclubs on SNL. And we had, let's see, Papa's was there, obviously. There was a fun little cafe that was there. Um, we had, let's see, what else was going on there? There was live music, like an orchestra setup, and there was a little family of kids playing violin, viola, and cello, kind of some hoedown music, which was super exciting. And just a whole bunch of things, a dunk tank, a ukulele raffle. It was very exciting. We got our Papa's cheese curds, and it was like a whole bunch of Christians and homeschoolers, a whole lot of like skirts, a uh, fair amount of denim, and masks, not, not really part of the uh, experience. But after that, we went home and hadn't porked out enough, so we wanted more. Uh, we had pizza in addition to our donuts and cheese curds. So really a great day. My second ever trip to get Papa's did not disappoint. I didn't, you know, didn't get any of the uh, the donuts this time around because we already had apple orchard and pumpkin patch donuts. But still exciting nonetheless. Beautiful day. Uh, and I'll mention that listener discretion is advised. When you're listening to the Bean Tom podcast, number one, we'll occasionally use some foul language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible, although I hope all of you, you know, the listeners out there, if you're able to do a nice, fun Saturday fall activity like going to an apple orchard or going to the Plum Grove Festival, well, you missed that, but you got a couple other weekends here in October to go do a nice, fun fall activity. So I would encourage everyone to get out there and do that. Please wear your mask, uh, but please, you know, have some donuts. It's just, it's the little things in life. Trying to maintain a sense of normalcy in doing seasonal festive things is important, I think. And I would encourage you all to uh, do it if possible. Ooh, Adam Thielen's wide open. Wow, he's running kind of backwards. That was an interesting play. Uh, let's go ahead. Sorry for the football commentary here. Let's go ahead and read our ads. And then in the second half, we've got a little bit of presidential election trivia for you. Nothing super organized. We're just going off of a website. I have not vetted these questions, um, but just a little fun, fun little, you know, nugget for you or collection of nuggets, if you will. You know, we got the election in 30 days, which is crazy talk. And there's just so much going on. And this is not a political show. Um, I have plenty I could say about. I mean, literally this past week, you know, the, the, the presidential debate happened this week, five days ago. It feels like a month ago. Um, but Trump has COVID. I, there's a million things. You don't, you don't come to the Bean Town podcast to get your uh, political commentary, okay? 
you can you know head out, head head to my Facebook, head to my Twitter at White Buns, email us beantownpodcastyahoo.com. Again, that's beantown podcast at yahoo.com for all you know those fun insights and stuff. But um, where was I going with this? I don't know. We're gonna oh presidential election trivia. Yeah, we're gonna be doing that in the second half, and it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty brief. We'll move through it fairly quickly. Um, but I think you'll enjoy it. Although I haven't seen the questions yet, so who knows? And I'll be playing with you along uh, along with you at home. So let's read our ads here. Cuts. Nope, that's the last one. One of these days we'll do a backwards episode. It'll be like Memento. Pretty exciting. Uh, maybe I'll just record it in real time and then play it backwards. That might be less exciting um, because you wouldn't have any idea what I was saying. Things to think about. All right. Home Pride, Oregon. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners, I got good news for you. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services including things like heating, cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Uh, Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified, so you know you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of big real estate stranglehold on the home inspection market and you want a safe, certified home inspector that you can trust, you have to call Steve at 541-410-0316, or you could just visit homeprideoregon.com. Again, that's 541-410-0316, or you can visit homeprideoregon.com. Home Pride Oregon Inspection perfection all right i want to give a shout out to the samson q2u series it's got crisp clean and clear audio quality from uh, a to z alpha to omega just like jesus genesis exodus leviticus numbers and deuteronomy when god speaks he uses a samson what do you think deuteronomy means and who's the poet or writer with uh, old Deuteronomy, the cat? Who was that? Book character, T.S. Eliot. There it is. Um, what does Deuteronomy mean? Live Googling on the air. What does Deuteronomy mean? I bet we're going to get some like BibleAnswers.com results here, not telling me about the word itself and rather telling me how to interpret the book. Um, yep. <laughs> what is the dominant theme of the book of Deuteronomy? ChristianToday.com. What does Deuteronomy mean? Insight for Living. Book of Deuteronomy Overview. What if we go to Merriam-Webster? What is it? Is it like a is it like a Greek thing, a Jewish word? I mean, where does that word come from? Um, Middle English from Late Latin Deuteronom, Deuter, Deuteronomium D E U T E R. I hope you're writing this down. O N O M I U M from Greek for Deuter plus Nomos. Well, I can't say that I walked away. From reading that, feeling like I know exactly what's going on, but at least I did my due diligence. Cuts by Q. Are you, nope, 
A bob and weave, we all know the hairstyle, we all love it, but how many Chicago-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Enter Cuts by Q. It's like NR Sandman, just slightly different. Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995 and is probably one of the better barbershop operations serving Chicago, Cook County, greater Chicagoland area, including Northwest Indiana, and I think something else I forgot. That's okay. From beehives to bangs, faux hawks to flat tops and everything in between, you have to call Cuts by Q at yahoo.com. Nope. <sighs> Tough one today. Uh, I'm distracted. I got four screens going here. Cuts by Q at 815-298-7200, or you can email. There it is. Cuts by Q at yahoo.com. Again, that's Cuts. Q-U-T-Z by Q at yahoo.com. All right. Sing it together. Loud and clear. Oh, when you need a fresh do, something snappy and new, just call the experts at Cuts by Q. Cuts by Q. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. As promised, grab a cool Bev and put your thinking caps on. My computer's got 48% left. So that means we can record for another 15-ish minutes. We're going to do some presidential election trivia. And I'm just reading this off a website, and I haven't um, vetted the questions, nor have I researched the answers. If you got a problem with answers and you lost big, big money on this, you can email us, beantownpodcast.yahoo.com, I already said it, twice earlier and dispute your answers and that would be you know helpful for me as well to just kind of know um you know how much this website sucked okay first question everyone knows john f kennedy was the youngest president who was elected to the office he was 43 when he was inaugurated in 1961 i didn't actually know this but who was the youngest president Period. I always thought it was JFK. So again, we're saying JFK was the youngest ever inaugurated, but who was the youngest to ever hold the office at any point in time? It was not JFK, apparently. So who was it? Give you a couple minutes to think it over. You can always just pause if you'd like. It's your call. The answer, Theodore Roosevelt, was age 42 when he rose from vice president to president after the assassination of Bill McKinley in 1901. Oh, ding, 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 ding. We got a bonus Teddy Roosevelt fact. Very exciting. I didn't know this was coming. He was the first president to win the Nobel Peace Prize, taking it in 1906. President Wilson won in 1919. Kind of ironic. President Obama in 2009. President Jimmy Carter won in 2002 after having left office. I didn't know that. That's kind of neat. And President Trump, well on his way. All right, how'd you do on question number one? There's still time for question number two. All right. Everyone knows. I love how these questions start with everyone knows. So if you don't actually know, you feel really stupid about yourself. Um, Everyone knows President Bill Taft, about whom we'll hear more later, began the tradition of throwing a first pitch on opening day. He did it in 1912. Who is the only president since then not to do so. And I will mention, this is important, this article is from February 14th, 2020. So relatively recent. It is not recent up to the day, October 4th, Sunday. Um, This is recent as of Valentine's Day, 2020. So 
President Bill Taft threw out opening pitch, uh, first pitch on opening day, did in 1912, first president to do it, who is the only president since then not to do so. And I thought there was something where Trump didn't throw out first pitch. I don't know. He's not the answer to this, at least according to this website. The answer to this question is someone who we just mentioned uh, previously in the uh, bonus fact. I'll give you a second or two. I'll give you a clue. He's from the South, and he's still alive. That should square it away. Uh, Jimmy Carter, who served as president from 1977 to 1981. I wonder why that is. I know he's a, he's a baseball guy. Um, I don't know. Interesting. Okay, uh, we're going way back in the record books here. George Washington's two terms as president were by dint of, what does that mean? By dint, I don't, I'm not familiar with that phrase, of unanimous electoral college votes. Other than that, who won the biggest electoral landslide percentage-wise? Well, this is interesting. So I know that Reagan in, what, the 84 election, I think it was, won every state except for one state, I think. Is that how, how it went? I don't know. I Don't let me confuse you. I apologize for this. Um, I thought there was an election where Reagan won every state except for one. I don't know if he has the answer to this. So George Washington's two terms as president were by dint of unanimous electoral college votes. Other than that, who won the biggest electoral landslide percentage-wise? The answer, President James Monroe, or Jimmy, as I call him, Love my Jimmy presidents. Uh, in 1820, who skunked future president J.Q. Adams 231 to 1. Oh, that's got to hurt. The holdout was reportedly one elector who simply wanted to preserve George Washington's record as the only president to pitch a shutout. What a little bitch. Um, bonus Jimmy Monroe fun fact. He was the first president to have a child get married at the White House. Well, that's very fun. Moving on. Which president hollered? This isn't even an election question. What does this mean? Okay, apologies for this question. We're going to move through it quick because I don't get it. Which president hollered for a living in his pre-White House years? I don't know what that means. Hollered? That's a, a profession or an occupation now. Hollering? Ben, Benny Harrison. They call him Benny the Jet Harrison. Um, <laughs> Benny the Jet Harrison. I wish they called him that. The only president to have been the grandson of a former president had trouble getting set up in a law practice in Indianapolis, so he took a job as a court crier. Not John Crier, a court crier. That was quite the question. Hollering court criers. Wow. Um... Moving on here, which incumbent president suffered the worst electoral college loss? Which incumbent president suffered the worst electoral college loss? That's a great question. Our good answer, uh, our good buddy, President Bill Howard, first pitch Taft. Just reading the script here. In 1912, they hated that guy. Once he got stuck in the bathtub, his uh, Republican Party renomination split. That's right. The former, uh, the party, former President Teddy Taft, nope, Teddy Roosevelt, alleging Taft had stolen it, formed the Progressive Party, taking a lot of Taft's followers. Taft only gave one campaign speech. Wow. 
anti-Trump. Vice President James Sherman, or Jimmy Sherman, died six days before the election, and Taft was kept off the ballot in two states. I didn't know that. Kept off the ballot in two states. Wow. They really, really hated that guy. Um, Bonus Bill Taft facts. Oh, wait. We weren't done yet. So, yeah. Woodrow Wilson won the presidency with 435 electoral votes. Roosevelt got 88. Taft managed eight. That's got to hurt. All right. Uh, we got a bonus Billy Taft fact. We need a we need a little ding 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 alert. He was appointed. Oh, this is a, this is a this is a good one. He was appointed Chief Justice of the Supreme Court in 1921. The heaviest president at 332 pounds. That is, he is a tank. He got stuck in the White House bathtub the first time he used it. You know they say Trump weighs 247, which is not true. I don't think. Let's Google Taft height. How tall was Bill Taft? Bill Taft was six feet tall. Trump is what? A little taller than that? Six three? Six three is, is Donald J. Trump. So you're telling me that Bill Taft, three inches shorter than Donald Trump, is coming in at nearly 100 pounds heavier than him. I mean, I know Bill Taft's a big guy, or was a big guy, rest in peace. But I'm just not, the math doesn't add up there, for me at least. Anyways, moving on here. Uh, this is a short and sweet one, and I won't give you a bunch of time because um, we are back. I apologize. That was a technical glitch. I tried switching, basically going from my internet browser back to GarageBand, and it just couldn't handle that. One too many clicks. Okay, we'll do a couple more here. Who was the only president buried in Washington, D.C.? I have no idea the answer. Um, I'm going to guess only president buried in D.C. I'll guess. uh, I don't know. I don't have a guess. Here's the answer. President Woodrow Wilson, I feel like we're recycling the same seven or eight names here. President Woodrow Wilson, whose remains are in a sarcophagus. S-A-R-C-O-P-H-A-G-U-S in the National Cathedral. Perhaps the previous picture was a hint of that. Oh, I didn't know what the picture was. That's okay. You can Google it. Uh, next question. Four, oh, this is a great question. I love questions like this. Uh, make you, you know, think a little bit. And I'll encourage you to pause on this one because I'm not going to give you, you know, two minutes of dead air um, to just stew over it. You can pause it if you want. Four presidents have died in office, though they weren't assassinated. Who are they? So the assassinations are pretty easy. Once once you memorize them, you just kind of know them. Uh, they are Lincoln, Garfield, Bill McKinley, and JFK. But I don't know off the top of my head the four who died in office. So I'm just going to tell you right now. They are, uh, I could probably get two or three off the top of my head. Um, the one that I always think about, the famous one to me, is uh, William Henry Harrison, or as we call them, you know, Billy, uh, Billy Hank Harrison, Bill Hank. Um, I can call him that, first name basis. Is it, is it William Henry Harrison? No, it's uh, John Tyler or Zachary Taylor. Uh, I think it's Tyler, who has living grandchildren, is just like one of the most insane facts ever known to man as Joe Mixon has just scored his third touchdown of the game after I wondered if we should drop him. Wow. He heard. Okay, four presidents died in office. They were not assassinated. We got Billy Harrison, 
Zachary Taylor, Warren G. Harding, pictured above. Great picture. And FDR. So I think I knew for sure Bill Harrison and uh, FDR. And I think if you would have given me some time, I could have remembered that Harding did as well. Uh, I don't think I would have gotten Taylor. Uh, with thanks to the many readers who pointed out that I missed this first time around. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Medical records say he died of a heart attack and had high blood pressure. This is FDR. But there are rumors he took his own life or was poisoned by his wife. Yikes. His love letters to women other than his wife were released in 2014. Parental discretion is advised. Oh, I hate when that happens. Um, bonus Warren G. Harding fun fact. Love those. He was the only president elected on his birthday to be precise, November 2nd, 1920, the day he turned 55. That's pretty young, or at least young by our standards. Woof. Um, what else do we got here? We got a bonus Zachary Taylor fun fact. A career Army officer who never voted until the election he ran in, 1848, and didn't resign from the Army until more than two months after he was elected. Inaugurations happened in March in those days. The legend is that he almost blew off his presidential nomination. He got it in a letter that arrived postage due, and he never paid for postage due letters. <laughs> this guy. None of the main presidential history sources mention this, but it's too good not to imagine. Bonus, bonus Warren G. Harding fun fact. The G stood for, oh, this is amazing. This is the best fact of the day. Gamaliel. Warren Gamaliel Harding. I'm not kidding. G-A-M-A-L-I-E-L, Warren Gamaliel Harding. You're welcome, America. Probably the greatest fact of all time. Okay, a couple more here, then I'm going to let you go, I promise. Uh, who, this is a good one to know, who is the oldest man to assume the presidency? Don't think too hard about it. Donald J. Trump, 70 years old. I, I, I'll i mention this. I try not to talk Trump too much. Um, I saw the, you know, opening, the cold open SNL sketch last night. And, you know, Baldwin's, Alec Baldwin, wow. Apologies for another football interruption. The Saints, the Lions were winning this game 14-0 to zero after five minutes, and they're now losing 35-14. to 14. If that's not just a microcosm of what it means to be a Detroit Lions fan, I don't know what is. Um, wow, Kyler Murray's just ran like 70 yards. That little dude is fast. Um, the Alec Baldwin impression is legendary. And he, he, it's, it's great. He does certain Trump things really well. But what I've noticed is that I feel like the one thing that bums me out about this is that I don't think his his uh, Trump impression has evolved at all. Like, to me, it's the exact same thing he's done on day one. And so it's it's fine. It's better than a lot of people's. But I don't know. There's It's just not as much like... Like, I have a, I f I have a friend on Instagram who does a really good Trump impression. And what I love most about it is it's constantly tweaking it, constantly evolving it to, you know, match Trump. Because he's not exactly the same every single time he goes out there to speak. Um, but I don't know. That's, I, I, I feel like every time Baldwin comes out with each subsequent appearance, it just feels more and more boring. I don't know. Maybe that's an unpopular opinion. I really think Daryl Hammond's Trump is uh, underrated, and I wouldn't mind getting that again at some point in the future. Um, okay, let's do uh, 
Well, we'll try to end on a good note here. Speaking of President Trump, that's not the good note. He has said he'll donate the salary that comes to the office to charity. Actually, refusing the money is rather difficult and may not, in fact, be possible. That's interesting. He would not be the first president to do this, though. Who else has given away the pay? The answer is probably not what you were expecting. President Herbert Hoover and President JFK. Well, we know he had enough money. So you got two answers there. Hoover and Kennedy. All right, let's scroll through here until we find a really good one. Um, that one's okay. Um, this one's kind of kind of nuts. Hmm. I want to find a real good one for you. Something that can really take us out on a high note. Okay, here we go. I think this is the last one we have. Yep. Everyone knows, again, starts with everyone knows. <laughs> Sorry if we're insulting anyone. Uh, everyone knows Lincoln was the tallest president at six foot four. It's actually kind of surprising because six four is tall, no doubt about it. But it's not like gigantic. Um, you know, I think everyone thinks of Lincoln as being like the largest human, or like just crazy tall. He's not six four. He's a big guy, but he's not like, you know, he's not going to go play power forward for the Celtics. Um, you know where the question is going. Who was the shortest? And it's the one uh, you would assume if you know your presidents fairly well. James Madison, 1809 to 1817. He was 5'4". So also pretty small, but not like tiny. How, how tall is Kamala? Because I feel somewhat confident at this point that Kamala Harris is going to be president at some point. Maybe that's kind of cryptic to say. That's just how I feel. Um, I hope you enjoyed our our president trivia. It was meant to be election trivia. Some of the questions were that. Some of them weren't. But, um, you know, I had fun. I hope you had fun, too. So uh, we had a nice, nice, pretty nice little episode here talking about pumpkin patches, plum grove festivals. And uh, I hope you enjoyed listening. If you did, let us know. Tweet at us. We're at BeantownCast. You can shoot us an email. We've already, uh, you know, talked about how you can do that. We love hearing from you, the listeners. Uh, We have our New England road trip coming up in three weeks here. I haven't quite decided exactly how I want to do it. Um, But what I'm thinking of doing is recording maybe not not every day. Um, Even though I'm I'm, going to be in a different state every day, we're doing... Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New York, New Hampshire, or Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, back to Massachusetts. Uh, I don't think I'm going to do a a podcast every day. That's too much. Um, But what I would like to do potentially is, you know, maybe record two or three um, and then just drop those, you know, pre-recorded. Although I got to say, special, I suppose, so we'll we'll see. TBD. We've never the Bean Tom podcast has never lived through a presidential election. We started a year after Trump took office, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, but um, I'll, I'll keep you posted on what the plan is, and I think uh, one way or another, you all the listeners are in for a little treat. So thanks for tuning in uh, this week again. Great opportunity to get out and enjoy some of the crisp autumn air. Autumnal. Great word, great adjective. Um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We're going to queue up some of our music here and hope everyone's doing well. Uh, stay safe, stay sane, 
And that's what we got. So I'm going to check in on you next time. Peace, everyone. Bye.